It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Episode 78 of Tendy Talk, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the BLPA Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. Feels good to be back from vacation. I hope you didn't miss me and the podcast too much last week as I was on a cruise to the Bahamas with my wife. Other than swimming with pigs on Grand Bahama Island, we just chilled on the balcony and did some shopping in Nassau. It was the perfect relaxation getaway that we needed. This week, I chat with Shea Spanier, a goalie who just finished his senior year playing ACHA hockey at Kent State, but will be playing in for the, hope I say this right, Halifa Mariners in the Israeli Elite Hockey League this summer. So, without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Shea. Well, Shane, thanks for joining me on the podcast. It's uh, good to connect with you. Yeah, it's great to be on. Thank you for reaching out and having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Well, when I saw the uh, piece in GGSU's Facebook uh, group that you were going to play hockey in Israel, I was like, huh, this is interesting. Uh, yeah. So I was like, we, we got to talk about that one. So doing my homework, I saw you're originally from Chicago. What part of the city were you from? Um, So that's kind of complicated. I moved around uh, eight times. <laughs> growing up because my dad does sports radio but I oh, was cool. born yeah I was born in Highland Park and then I left when I was like still a toddler and I moved back when I was like in grade school for two years and I lived in Northbrook I played oh, for my first ever hockey team was at Northbrook Blue Hawks okay yeah just, way back so that that means it was probably house leagues I thought Northbrook was the Flyers no nah, I think it was it was uh I played, I, I think it was, I was it wasn't even like house league yet. It was like might three on three house league. Like, <laughs> I was so young. Yeah. I wasn't even a goalie yet. Yeah. So, you know, what, what got you into hockey at that point, especially moving around? 
so we went back to Chicago when I was six and my mom had a really good family friend and she told my mom that I need to learn how to ice skate so I can go to all the ice skating birthday parties. <laughs> supposedly, there is a billion of those at my school region and I never went to one skating party, but I learned how to figure skate for like a year. And I like kind of like, I don't know, I, I, I guess I enjoyed it because I was with my friends all the time, but I wanted to try hockey skates because this one girl I went to elementary school with kept beating me at every single like public skate when we would skate laps. And I heard that hockey skates make you faster. So I told mom I wanted to beat her at the races. So I made her maybe put in the hockey and kind of on the rails ever since. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, you know, and it, it's interesting, you know, that you learn to skate, you know, with figure skating, because I, I, I think there's, a lot to that you know figure skaters technically have better strides they, yeah. they learn to skate properly and i mean for a long time you saw figure skating coaches as skating coaches for you know high level teams um so it, it probably helped you in the long run yeah absolutely i i um was a good skater when i was a player i just had no offensive drive i just wanted to I don't know, just play back at defense. And I was one of the better skaters. I was a weird brag. I was a line leader in the uh, like first grade thing. I don't know. I guess I was a good skater enough to do that, but I always yeah. wanted to play hockey with some of the other kids. And then, yeah, I became a forward for, I guess, like a year or two before I became a goalie. So what, what drew you to the net? I don't know. The first time I ever saw a goalie, I just pointed at him. I was like, I just want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> My parents were like, no, you can't. And this kind of started in Los Angeles when I was still playing player because we moved to LA after Chicago and I was getting lessons and I would always tell my parents, I want to be a goalie. I want to be a goalie. And even it's, it's, I guess it originated more back in Chicago too. It got to the point where I took cardboard boxes and I hole punched holes on the side and tied string through the holes and around my legs. And then I went outside with my makeshift <laughs> goalie pads, kicked over a recycling bin Gave my mom a tennis ball on a stick and told her to shoot on me. But <laughs> yeah, I was an interesting kid. But when we were in LA, I kept begging my mom over and over again. And she finally took me to the goalie coach at the local rank that where I would uh, get lessons from. And she let me borrow some kids. They let me borrow some kids gear that was like four years older than me. And I tried not. <laughs> and it, yeah, it was everything was too big. And then my mom was like, if you really want to do it, you can play. And I was jumping up and down. So, yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, I remember, you know, I, I was learning to skate thinking I'd be a forward and that first tryout at St. Jude over at SIA and they're like, who, who wants to try goalie? And my arm went up and they brought me the gloves out and it was no turning back from there. You know, that first year we had two goalies on the team. And so whoever wasn't playing that game played you know, out and which I think was good. And I think that's what they should do at that age. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, as soon as I got the option to just play goalie, I was like, that's all I want to do. Stop making me play out, you know? And (laughs) and it wasn't that I was a bad forward. I I was, I I scored one goal my entire playing career, but I had a ton of assists, you know? That's how I was too. Yeah. You know? So it was like, I wasn't bad. It was just, no, I want to be a goalie. I I was kind of that defensive forward. I was always trying to get back and 
prevent goals. <laughs> yeah, I, I never really had any offensive drive. It was weird because any other sport I played, I was like, yeah, wanted to score. Like uh, my parents put me in the soccer as a kid. I never had intention. I never wanted to play goalie. I played lacrosse for a few years. I did not even want to touch lacrosse goalie. I played like my dad played basketball growing up, and he played a dab. He dabbled a little bit in college, so I played a little bit of basketball growing up, and like I just never. Like I wanted to score too. Like I never, it was just hockey. I guess I was just born to be a goalie. I don't know. It's like the best way. I heard it on your, one of your last episodes. It was like a goalie. Goalie's born. Yeah. Or he hatches or something yeah. like that. I, I started laughing. I love that. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned basketball. Like I grew up in Chicago during the Jordan era. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bulls were winning six championships in the prime of like my youth. In basketball, I was just like, now nah. I went to one basketball practice because all my, friends you know were like oh you got to come to basketball and I was like um okay th- this was you know it, it wasn't as fun as hockey practice I was like oh no, no, yeah I I um when I was growing up like we, I played with a couple other sports it was all the same kids that played on the, the baseball team or the same kids that were on the basketball team it was up in up in Northbrook and it's like a smaller town so like we yeah. all played with each other and as soon as I got into hockey, and I think, it, like, I told my parents, like, they, they asked me, you want to play baseball? You're, you're pretty good. And I was like, no. I quit, I quit like, every sport, and I focused on that. I think I, when I lived in L.A., I dabbled a little bit with swimming. And as soon as it started interfering with hockey, like, <laughs> nine-year-old Shay was like, I'm committing 100% to it. My parents, like, did not push me at all. They were just kind of like, you, you sure? And yeah. I was like, yeah, it's taking time away from hockey. And I was like, they're like, okay, guess you're not swimming anymore. It's funny when I was real little, you know, I played youth soccer and, you know, as my dad said at that age, everybody was just kicking each other in the shins, but like that never really got to me, but I I loved baseball. So, um, you know, I started playing little league and I I loved it. And of course I was a catcher. I was drawn to the equipment, had to be a catcher. And Mm -hmm. it was great because even today in youth baseball, they have, you know, the fair play rules where you got to, make sure everybody plays the same amount in games well we only had two catchers on the team and the other one was a really good pitcher so I was if I wasn't in the field I had to catch so I played almost every single inning just because of that and you know one of the kids is like that isn't fair and the coach is like well do you want to catch and he's like no he's like okay well then he has to play (laughs) it it is what it is yeah Um, you know, and, and I liked baseball, you know, but to your point, then I started skating. It's like, well, I want to play summer hockey and so baseball will take away from summer hockey. So I guess baseball is going by the wayside. I still played, you know, sandlot ball with my buddies and everything, but it was yeah. like, nope, <laughs> it takes away from hockey. Played one year of football. I was too small for football. My, my dad. I, I was never allowed to. I'm sorry. I was never allowed. I tried to. So like, again, we were around all over the place. I spent two years in Texas and I tried to sign up for the football team and my parents put the kibosh on that pretty quick. And they ended up putting me in off off campus PE so I could leave school early. So I wasn't even eligible to play football regardless. And they were like, do you want to get up at six in the morning or do you want to get up at five 15 in, in the morning to do a six a.m. practice? And I was like, yeah. cause in Texas you can't practice during the day. It's too hot. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, I would rather do the 9 p.m. practices. Yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. My, my dad jokes. I was so small that my Jersey number was number one, but everybody thought I was number 11 because, you know, you could see both sides of the Jersey, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah. I, and again, it wasn't that I was bad. I was 
didn't have hands. So I had to play on the defensive side of the ball. I was a defensive back and you know, the, the coach said, he's like, follow the ball. So I did that. So I was always in on the play, but I was just, I was too little to bring guys down. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I eventually hit my growth spurt right around freshman year of high school and started to put weight on, but I, I was probably like four foot nine, 87 pounds if I was lucky. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel that I was a late bloomer too. I think I hit five foot when I was 14. So, yeah, it, yeah. It was ridiculous. Um, you know, so you're moving around. It, it it had to be hard to find hockey in some of these different areas. And you mentioned LA and, you know, Texas. I know Dallas had a bit of a decent uh, hockey scene, not a huge one. Um, yeah. I mean, e- even hockey in Chicago when I was growing up, I mean, it was niche, but it was all over the place. Didn't matter where you lived in the city, you were close to hockey, but Dallas was still growing at that point. It had to be hard some of these stops to find decent hockey. Um, I would say the hardest part was like just finding a team that would that would be competitive. So mm-hmm. in LA there's Junior Kings and I played Junior Kings and that and the and that was a lot of fun. And then I moved before I moved to Texas, I moved I lived in Phoenix for a year and we played and that was a fun year because I was on Junior Coyotes and mm-hmm. for a few weeks we went to Silver Stick. We went to, we actually traveled to Texas uh, <laughs> for the pre-qualifier, which was kind of like a foreshadowing, but we played like 40, 50 games my first year at Peewee's. Like we traveled a lot. I missed yeah. like a decent amount of school. And then my first year in Texas, I played double A and we played about 35 games. And then my first year triple A was my second year in Texas. And I missed, I missed about 30 something days of school and my I was really sick of missing school and my parents were really big on like doing well in school like getting mm-hmm. a good education I was for the better part of middle school I was like a straight A student maybe I'll get a B in math or something like that but I was really interested in like the prep school route so I think that was kind of like the hardest thing was transitioning to prep school because the like the I couldn't just like yeah I was in honors classes but I wasn't like I couldn't do what I did in public school and private school. It was just so much of a harder yeah. atmosphere going from, you know, maybe an hour of homework a night, two hours of homework to immediately like five. And yeah. that was like the toughest transition when I went to school in New York and in Vermont as well. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> like I, I went to Catholic school uh, in high school. I went to Catholic school my whole life and people are like, yeah. Ooh, that's, you know, bougie. It's like, well, no, when you grew up <laughs> in the city of Chicago, like you almost have to, you know, yeah. but that was the expectation in high school. It was like, you're having three, four hours of homework at night. And now I look at my kids, they're, you know, I got a freshman and an eighth grader and they never have homework. I was like, are you guys sure? Like I checked, thank God my parents couldn't check my grades. Like I can check my kids' grades. So I'm like, I'm checking them. I was like, you're turning everything in. Your grades are good, but God, like, where's the homework? I feel like yeah. they're missing out on, you know, an essential part of growing up of having those nights where it's like, ah, can't have any fun all I've got is homework until I go to bed and you know it's yeah I mean I don't I don't miss that sorry (laughs) yeah I don't I don't miss that at all the the homework I and that's why I'm excited to graduate too I'm I'm kind of done with school yeah fifth year but I was like I'm done with school well yeah you're you're finishing up college right now I mean you gotta only have a few weeks left so yeah three yeah yeah, so I mean, any expectations your your professors have at that point have to be uh, unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, was I? Uh, it's funny, my Jewish studies teacher. I'm taking Jewish studies right now. She signed two projects and a paper 
all due within the next two weeks. And I think oh like, those things are due on the same day. And I was like, come on. I'm the only, like, I'm, there's five kids in the class. Yeah. I am the only senior. <laughs> Going into my senior year, I was smart. And it's like, I know come second semester, I'm not going to want to do anything. Yeah. So I, I front loaded my uh, first semester schedule where I had classes every day, you know, most of the day. So Second semester, I only had two classes, and they were Tuesday, Thursday classes, and I was done by noon both days. <laughs> so that is smart, yeah, yeah, it, it want, was wise. <laughs> I wanted to feel like a real college student again because I didn't get a junior year because of COVID. So yeah, I kind of made my schedule a little more busy. I have classes Monday through Thursday, two classes a day. I mean, it's not like demanding. I mean, taking Jewish studies and social media marketing on Tuesdays, like. Yeah. I've had one quiz and it was an open note in social media. <laughs> Everyone has an A in the class. Like it's well, not the most demanding class. And I'm guessing for you, you know, taking Jewish studies, it was like me if I took a religion class in college. At that point, you're brought up in the faith. It's like, yeah. w- what are you telling me I don't already know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I just took it just to be more involved in the Jewish community on campus and for, for lack of better terms, just an easy A. Yeah. I just want the easy A. <laughs> You'll appreciate this. In high school, we had a um, Jewish kid on our hockey team. And he was really good because a lot of my teammates had a lot of questions for him. You know, and, and they asked him in a way where he could tell that they weren't being, you know, jerks about it. They they seriously wanted to know. And the one day he finally, you know, looked at everybody. And he's like, you guys realize, like, my faith is the entire first half of your Bible. Yeah, you should know this. It, it, it's not, you know, it's not like I'm hiding it from you. It's just, and one of the kids is like, "Oh yeah, that's right." You know, and then in college, one one of my teammates, one of my uh, first guests, Eric Richardson, he was a Jewish fella. In fact, he's from uh, Lake Forest, um, Illinois. He. <laughs> He had to play on the first night of Hanukkah. We were at, uh, God, where were we? I, I think it was Hamlin University we were playing. And uh, he got the, the W and he gets on the bus and he, he leads the entire bus in the dreidel song. First he had to teach it to us, but then, you know, we're driving the two and a half hours back to campus and he's got us all singing, you know, <laughs> Hanukkah songs. It, it was awesome. Memories where it's like, yep. And, uh, I, I brought it up to him. He goes, Oh man, I forgot about that. That was a fun night. <laughs> yeah. That I love that. I mean, there's, there's four, there's four Jewish kids on my, on the Kent right now. And we will do like, we'll do stuff like that once in a while. We'll, we'll start chanting songs that we knew or, you know, talk about Judaism. And it's funny because when I went to school at, in Vermont, it was called rice. It was a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. They were really like cool with the whole Judaism thing. And there was another kid on my team who was from Israel. Oh, cool. So that's kind of how that whole thing like started too, which is yeah, kind of full circle. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned you're playing prep school hockey and you wind up at Kent state. Um, what drew you to Kent state? What What's my major? I don't know. What drew you to the school? You oh, know? What was I, it where you were like, this is where I got to go. Yeah. So like, I think my dad for that actually. He has no connection to Ohio though. But <laughs> I was, yeah, I was playing juniors. I bounced around a lot. I played in for five different teams, four teams my last year, and like I played in like, three different leagues, all and all in Ontario and Buffalo. 
And I ended up playing, I ended up getting moved to over to Brockville and I was like the third guy on the Braves starter on the junior B team. And when I got there, their lot, their record was like four and 17. They were terrible. And I kind of knew like, I'm not going to get any more high, like the NCAA division three schools I was looking at, I knew was going to go away. And the slight interest I had in division one was just non-existent after my first yeah. month in I got bounced out of the OJ. So what D three schools were you looking at? Uh, it was a lot of, it was a lot of schools that like, they didn't just they didn't work well for my major. So I looked at Morrisville state, mm-hmm. which I looked up on niche and it was known for going back to school as an adult and farming. <laughs> oh. So that did not, that not yeah. fit my criteria for marketing or accounting. And I looked at some other schools and it, it came down to like, they were too expensive or the school was too small, or I liked the school, but I could, the coach can help me get in. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of it. So I started looking more towards ACHA schools. Yep. And my dad looked at the rankings with me and he goes, just call these two schools. And you're gonna, like, I promise you, you're going to love Kent. Kent's a mid-major school. He wanted me to go to like a bigger school, but he wanted me to have the college experience, not fun. And yeah, I, yeah, I visited Kent's campus and it was awesome. I, I really liked it. And like it was like I wanted to go to a school where like the rink was on campus and the, the, the they have a, a good deal with Bauer. So like my gear I have is like severely discounted. Nice. And my freshman year, they got me two two S pros and a pair of pants for free. Oh nice. So like, yeah, like I got a decent my like my, my other goalie partner got a free helmet and two sticks. So mm-hmm. yeah, they gave me like it was a better deal than the D three schools that were of recruiting me. I was like and the tuition was like a fourth of the price half the time or half the price. So it was kind of a no brainer on my end to come here because it fit what I wanted off the ice and it fit what I wanted on the ice. And the hockey level was pretty good. Yeah. And my dad gave me a pretty good piece of advice was um, go to a school that you'll want to go to if you're not playing hockey, which ended up being really good. I took that advice because Mm -hmm. I didn't get to play hockey my junior year. So I still enjoyed my time at Kent. (laughs) That is actually great advice. You know, I think for any athlete is go where you might enjoy it. If you don't play, I mean, a perfect example, my niece was a softball player when she was looking at colleges, she was thinking of softball and she wound up going to my alma mater, which had a really good, still does have a really good softball program. They won nationals when I was there. Um, And she got on campus and she's like, you know what? I don't want to play softball. And, you know, it was like, but she chose the campus because it was right for her and yeah. it worked out perfect for her. But, it, you know, so that, that's why that, that is really good advice. And at the same time, you're not playing hockey the entire time. You know, it's when hockey's out of season, you know, you still have to have that college yeah. experience. Now, the school I went to, St. Mary's, it was D3 and we had, some, you know, probably wouldn't have fallen into your criteria because it was a small school. I, it was smaller than my high school and my high school was all boys. So, I mean, that, that tells you how small it was. Uh, I think we had 400 people in my graduating class, uh, but we had the rink on campus. And uh, as soon as we got on campus, we, you know, within the first week, we, we got captain's practices started until uh, October one, when we were allowed to work with coaches. And then as soon as the season ended, we organized our own um, intramural season until school ended and it we had intramural hockey for the hockey team and then we had intramural hockey for 
people who weren't on the hockey team because they tried it, you know, just kind of mix and we got too competitive and they're like, okay, you guys just form your own teams and here's your ice time. And uh, we, we had a few fights and the majority of them were between two brothers that played on our team because we always had them on opposite teams for girls and oh, they would just go at each other and it was just funny. And then we finally get them in the penalty box and they're like, you okay? I think I really landed that, you know, right on you. I hope it didn't hurt. That's classic. <laughs> yeah. It's just classic, classic brothers beating the crap out of each other. And yeah. it was funny because one of them had just this gnarly cut on his ribs from like here to here, just really looked bad. And we're like, what is that from? He's like freak accident in one of our high school games. Cause they were like a year apart. He fell down in front of the net and his brother in a game and his brother was coming across and jumped over and his skate caught him and sliced him and he's like it wasn't as bad as it looked it just resulted in this really bad scar but of course it had to be something his brother did to him <laughs> that's funny yeah, yeah. That's um, just... you know so you you played acha hockey and acha hockey's come so far especially compared Absolutely. to when i was in college i mean to me I mean, we didn't even call it ACHA. It was just club hockey back then because that was the talent level. Uh, But I I think schools have invested in the ACHA teams um, quite a bit, and it's become a lot uh, more serious. Yeah, I mean, uh, sorry. I was going to say, I think if it was where it is today, where when I went to school, I may have looked at some other schools just because of that. Um, I'm yeah. glad I didn't. Cause I met my wife at my school and better <laughs> otherwise, but it was like, Good answer. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's, as John Butchergrass says, you know, ACHA hockey is college hockey. And it, to, I think it's gotten to that point. You know, when, when I played, we tried getting our coach and I was playing JV for four years. So I, we tried getting our coach to round out our schedule with some ACHA teams. He's like, fellas, like we played some junior B teams. He's like, you know how those games are. It would be even worse than that. And we're like, come on, we just want to shut up some of our high school teammates that played for these teams. Um, But I think, you know, I don't know of any MIAC team uh, that's Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Conference. We used to have our own JV postseason because almost every team had a JV team. I don't think any school has a JV team now because they all have the ACHA teams and varsity yeah. teams will, if they need a player, they'll pull from the ACHA team now. And um, so that that's all they're doing is playing these teams from around the country. Now it's, it's, it's great. In my opinion, it's good for the, good for good the for game. The good, good for, you know, the hockey players who want that collegiate athletic experience, but maybe can't make that d3 team or d1 team you know it's still that competitive uh drive i I think it's great it depends on the school too i mean like uh liberty my junior year beat liu Mm -hmm. and next year unlv is playing um alaska anchorage and this year lindenwood that won the national championship for us they played denver they played air force Mm -hmm. i think they were up one nothing against denver too before they lost like nine to two but they're up one nothing in denver which is pretty cool yeah i mean there's a lot of teams in the ncaa that would lose to denver nine to two then bottom of standing so acha hockey is extremely competitive and i kind of always took it as a joke when i was growing up playing uh juniors and high school triple a and like, and then I saw Liberty's locker room tour. I was like, wow, that's legit. And then yep. I came to campus and I saw the rink and I saw the locker room and I saw like the, the different videos and I saw like 
wow, like this is like, yeah, we practice every day. We have workouts, we have like a minimum GPA. We have team meetings, you know, we have whole coaching staff, social media people. It's like <laughs> quit managers. It's like, it's like legit operation. And then I yeah. come here and like this year we have our last five home games. I think we averaged 800. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's the, I think we're like the third most attended sport on campus besides yeah. football, basketball. Like we, and basketball or not basketball, football, it's tougher to get to because it's like you have to if you're a freshman you have to take a bus and it's like a little bit off campus so you can yeah. really count as the second most attended sport on campus because besides like i don't know anyone else that doesn't go like i don't know anyone else that goes to like baseball games no no offense to them like baseball yeah. goes in a couple hundred but that's a little bit further off campus too like i got recognized on the hockey team literally in paris when i was studying abroad by someone else behind <laughs> me that went to my school like wait a minute, aren't you on the hockey team like it was just crazy <laughs> like i'll be in class and someone calls me and be like hey that was a sick game last night or like i got a new job working security at one of the local bars being a bouncer and the guy training me was like been coming to games for the past four years He's like oh my gosh <laughs> like you're on the team like so cool like it's like you wouldn't get that playing at some of the schools that were recruiting me like, yeah I would talk to the the coaches and it's like, I'll look at the videos and there's like 12 people in the stands and 10 of them are girlfriends. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I joke about our, um, our JV games I played and, you know, usually it was varsity teammates and, you know, a few parents would show up and I've been with my wife for 22 years now. And she's been to three of my games. One, when we first started going out, then we had our red white game my senior year. And then there was a alumni high school alumni game that, uh, for her high school that her brother played at uh, and they needed a goalie. So they asked if I could play. I was like, sure. So th- she didn't come to watch me play. She came because her brother was playing, but uh, by the time she met me, she was kind of fed up with hockey because her brother was a yeah. hockey player, played junior hockey, uh, you know, played for one of the big schools here in Minnesota. And cool. um, he, he went to North Dakota, but uh, transferred after his red shirt year and played division three. And he went to, frozen four and all of that but it was like at, by the time she met me she she was done with going to hockey games so uh it, it was kind of funny it's like 22 years and you've been to three games but you know it's, <laughs> well, she, she, she's like that's your your thing go do it you know it is what it is um so you know we, we alluded to it earlier you know school's ending and you're headed to israel to play yeah. Uh, I, I think they consider it semi-pro hockey. Um, how how the heck did you learn about hockey in Israel to begin with? Yeah, I, I did not expect Israel to have hockey first off. And it's it really, want, like, playing there really, like, you learn about a lot of other countries that do have hockey, and it really surprises mm-hmm. you. But it kind of started back at Rice where I met Roy, and we became – Buddies, because the person he was building with was family friends with my parents. He is, his name is Jeff Shulman. He's the athletic director at UVM now. And I made a joke to him, kind of like, "Hey, like, what if I try to play for Israel?" Like, so my friends go, "Do it." I was like, "Okay," but you know, I really never thought of anything about, never thought about that like for a while. And I would see stuff about them playing against like North Korea and mm-hmm. like Mexico, and I would think that's so cool. And I think right before COVID, I sent an email out to the Israel hockey like email, just trying to like see mm-hmm. how I could do it. And they never got back to me because the person just started their job and then <laughs> it, it kind of just fell through the cracks. Yeah. And cause I knew 
because I wanted to represent USA in the Maccabi games. And I was a little too late for that. And like, I didn't go to the trial. And, and plus they had two goalies already. And I think I was like 19, both the, the goalies on the team were division one goalies. So, mm-hmm. but I, um, I think uh, during COVID, I, what was it? Sorry. I think towards the end of my sophomore season, I met another kid from Israel as well. His name was Shai. And I only met him because our game was delayed by like four hours. And he wa- I was sitting in the lobby, just like trying to figure out for like just going home. And he walked into the locker or he walked into the lobby wearing like a Louis Vuitton belt. And I just started ripping him in the lobby. <laughs> and we ended up becoming really good friends. And like, I was sitting around during COVID, just not doing anything. I sent him a DM just like, Hey, like, if I wanted to play hockey in Israel this year, like, could I do it? And the next day he set me up on an email chain with the president of Israel hockey. They explained what Aliyah is, which is like a law that any Jewish right has can just go back to Israel and Mm -hmm. go back and forth and just get a citizenship. So that took six months and (laughs) I met some amazing people along the way. And yeah. And they started that IEHL right during like right in the beginning of that process of me getting my citizenship last summer. And at the first year, like, it didn't really interest me. I just wanted to get my eligibility for the national mm-hmm. team. And now, like, the, one, the guy who basically runs the club, the senior club I played for, he was basically like, yeah, you're, you're going to play with us in the IHL. We made the team. So, yeah, that's how <laughs> I got it. But, yeah. yeah. And then I brought my teammate with me, Nathaniel. He's Jewish. And I was like, hey, do you want to play with me? And at first he was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, in my head, I was like, I'll give you a week for you. Like, I even told this out loud too. I was like, I'll give you a week for me for you to come back and change your mind. Yeah. Really the next day, he's like, okay, I changed my mind. And then the equipment manager on our team is also Jewish. And he was like, do you guys need an equipment manager? And I was like, yeah, come <laughs> with us. So now he's come with us too. So it's us three. Well, in the season, it's a summer league. So it's not like it's you're over there for a long period of time. It's like a six week season, if that, right? Yeah. It's five weeks and we're getting, it's, it's great. Like a lot of the got a lot of the imports coming over play like professionally in Europe or North America. Like this one, I forgot his last name. His name's Ethan. He played for Kulin Red Star. He's on the Chinese mm-hmm. Olympic team. He's coming over. It's perfect for him. It's only five weeks. It's not super yeah. demanding. It's, and where we're staying, it's like in the heart of Tel Aviv. It's like on the big, one of the biggest streets there. And, I can really explore it. Last time I was there, I was 14. Now I'm 24. So yeah. like now I can actually go out and have fun. So <laughs> I'm really excited to, you know, just be with like some of my buddies and get to play hockey two, three, four times a week. And we get to explore Tel Aviv and I stay in shape. So it was like, like, why wouldn't I do this? So the, the first question I have to, to yeah. play in the IEHL, you know, do you have to be Jewish to play in the league? Obviously for the national program yeah but you know to play in that league is it just they're trying to find players to round out rosters or how does that work yeah so anyone who just wants to go to israel can play in the league you don't have to be jewish technically you don't even have to be jewish being on the national team you just have to be a citizen of israel so like uh what's cool about hockey in israel it brings together people of all religions Mm -hmm. cultures backgrounds so like my senior club is in northern israel and we, I think the, the youth teams, they have a couple of like uh, Arab children that play with us too. Oh, so it's cool. like, yeah, it's everyone from different backgrounds. But if you want to play in the IEHL, all you got to do is like send a DM on Instagram yeah. or email them and set your lead prospects. Like it's and, not. And have, have five weeks off in the summertime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it was. I like some of the guys on my team, like I, I would talk to them and one went to Concordia 
and that's a Catholic university. And he's like, yeah, yeah I'm not Jewish, but I studied abroad in Israel when I was like going on my freshman year of college and I thought it was sick. So I want to go back. And he's like, this is a way for me to stay competitive playing hockey because I'm not playing anymore. So yeah. he graduated and he plays in Israel and stays in shape. So, but then there's also like the guys who like, his name is Phil. I can't really pronounce his last name, but he plays in France and his girlfriend is Jewish. So this is kind of like their vacation. So he gets oh, to stay fun. in shape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at it. It's like, I only get four weeks of vacation time, <laughs> but you know, it's like, that'd be fun. But I don't think they're looking for a 41 year old beer league goalies. <laughs> Maybe an e-book situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but it, it's a short season, but you know, like you said, it's, it's a lot of games in five weeks. So when, when you break it down, you're on the ice yeah. quite a bit. Um, you know, it, it's semi-pro. So is it one of those where they just kind of set you up, make sure you have a place to live and you're comfortable or is, you know, do, do they compensate you? Do, do you have to, you know, kind of find a job to make ends meet while you're over there? What, what's that looking yeah, like? Yeah. So, um, it's, it focuses more on like the experience of Israel. So like they can help arrange you to find a place to live and mm-hmm. they can give you like say one of the sponsors is like a real estate agency. So they can't like fully pay for everything. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of stuff that is getting covered, like, you know, like equipment and stuff like that. Like I think we're getting gloves, helmets, shells, uh, socks, pants, or not pants, shells, uh, jerseys. And it's all like kind of included when you like want to yeah. go over there. Yeah. So um, I'm not exactly sure about the financials of the league. I just kind of didn't ask. I know you have to, there is, there is, there was like a fee I had to pay to just to cover some stuff, but the goal yeah. of the league is to like start paying guys within like five years. I know yeah. that. they wanted to make it like a legit, like summer, like pro league. Yeah. It, it it sounds amazing. I'm sitting here going, man, if that was around when I was uh, finishing yeah. school, you know, <laughs> I would have tried to take advantage of that before I had kids. Yeah, it's 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 like the first year I, I saw it, it wasn't like anything. It didn't interest me the first year. They played it at this rink in a town called Holland, and it's like a three-on-three, four-on-four rink. It was not a regulation size rink. Mm-hmm. Now they have it in this brand-new arena called the One Ice Arena. It's about 45 minutes north of Tel Aviv. They were telling me they got – 20 interns working for the league. They oh, got wow. three different camera angles. They want to mic up guys during the game. Yeah. Um, what is it? The there's five on five Olympic sheet. The the rink's super nice. It has doesn't have a scoreboard, it has like videotrons on each side oh, where different shit. animations pop up. And there's like a bar restaurant in the arena. They have like they have, they're broadcasting the games on YouTube, but they're also stuff in the works with doing local broadcasting on like a specific channel on mm-hmm. there's a network called five plus sports. So that might be on a paid channel, but I, I think that's more of like a future thing, but they want to make it to like what the Australian league is now. That's mm-hmm. like the goal for the league is basically, Hey, do you want to play hockey? Yeah. Perfect. We'll pay for everything. Just get over here. Hockey fans feel the action on the ice. Like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of 8 skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. 
DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, it, it has me again going, yeah, I get four weeks. What, <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it works out perfect because uh, I get to play some games. And yeah. I even had uh, a coach, like, saw he was, he was he coaches for one of them. Like, I, I won't say the name of the team or the name of the coach, but he coaches in a minor league like hockey team at, during this, on the single a level mm-hmm. and he's jewish and he reached out to me and he was like hey like let's see how you play in israel and i'll if you play well i'll give you a pto Basically, yeah think about giving you a pto so it's even helped me find opportunities now so yeah like, that's awesome that. yeah i was expecting just a vacation <laughs> yeah and if anything i mean at the end of the day you get this really cool experience playing hockey in israel you know and being jewish you know that's mecca of yeah. you know uh you know your faith you know and I, i'm looking at it as a catholic fellow going you know how cool would that be to you know be able to you know be in that area yeah. where my faith comes from too absolutely uh, it's the it's the center of you know arabs jews christians yeah. there's armenians religion yeah it's it's an amazing place and like you hear stories of israel it's so much fun over there it's just like uh, like if you watch my videos on on my YouTube channel, it's just we like when my cousin and I went over there last time, we were having a blast. Like we were walking by the Jordan River before skate. Like yeah. where, where do you do that anywhere else in the world? And I'm driving around the mountains, like the middle of the world. We're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> like we're like we meeting the locals. We're having like you know like there's like the beach, and we're like, wow, like this is a, this is a whole other part of the world. And it's just crazy that you're like six thousand miles away from like everyone that you know almost. And yeah. Yeah, and like the hockey, the rinks are actually like kind of nice. The ice gets a little soft because it is warmer, especially yeah. in the summer. But it's still, it's still a lot of fun. And like the hockey there was a lot better than I expected, so it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited to you know follow along. Um, you. you know, it's it's gonna be see, be fun to see how it goes. Um, you know, because I, I I can envision what they're working towards. You know, so even for you, I mean, you're part of that builder stage, you know, so no matter how this season goes, you know, you're part of something that's growing and you, you can, you know, someday tell, you know, your kids or grandkids, uh, you know, I, I helped build that. I was in on the ground floor, you know? No, it's just like, um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't really view it as like, I'm like, I, I know I'm growing the game, but like, I don't like, do, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not like, seeking out this because oh i want to grow the game i just feel like like it can't it kind of just came to me and then it's just like really cool just to be like feel connected to like israel itself and like yeah hockey it's it's an amazing experience like my my grandma's really from israel and i know like if she was still around like she would she would be so happy and it's just kind of like seeing the jewish community like come together is like really is is like i'm not the most religious person but just seeing like any group of people come together. It's really cool. We're just yeah. bonding over like a single thing. So I'm not like going out there, like co- like, you know, like trying to inspire people. I just like, yeah. I'm just living my life and it just happened. This happened. And yeah. 
Yeah, and like last time I went, like I gave away like a few pieces of gear, but I'm not like that wasn't like why I went. I, I went just because like I just like I felt connected to this. I don't know. It's just I kind of got pulled into it. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it makes total sense. I, I remember when I was in high school, we took a family trip to England because that's where my grandmother was from. She was a war bride, and when we were there, uh, my uncle drove. I think it was an hour and a half to Peterborough. So that we could go to open skate where at the time the Peterborough pirates played yeah. and uh, wore some really crappy rental skates, but still got to skate in England. It's like, this is so cool. And, yeah. you know, and then, then I started learning about the, you know, leagues over there. And, you know, this was at the dawn of the internet. So trying to reach out, but I mean, I'm this high school kid toward the end of my high school career, you know, sending these coaches, you know, my information, like, how can I come over and play? And, and the one coach was blunt. He's like, we only get so many imports and you're a goalie. We're, we're not going to use it. You know, we're trying to grow the game here. We're not going to use an import spot on a goalie. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So I'll, I'll keep my eyes set on college then because, <laughs> you know, at that time you, you could still go from high school to college at the D3 level, which it's crazy that even at D3 level now, it's like you have to play junior somewhere. Yeah. Um, Unless you, know, you played like doing the prep, which is a little, which is a little different. But, yeah. 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 We're high school here in Minnesota. It's kind of the same thing. We have a few kids that go straight to ice, you know, to college, but even those kids are like, well, we want the year or two of junior hockey to help our development. And then if they're not drafted by then, they're usually drafted and yeah. whoever drafts them is like, yeah, we, we want you to develop a little longer. We want you to go to this school. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, it, it's, it's going to be really cool for you. I think, and you know, like you said, you're, you're not this super religious person, but you know, I'm not this super Catholic person either, but when you're brought up in that faith, I mean, for me, I, I go into certain churches and you just, you feel something different. And I, I'm sure that's how it is when you're in Israel, you just feel something a little yeah. different. I don't know. Like the, maybe the water tastes better. I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that first time I stepped on the ice in Israel, like I kind of skated around. I shot it like a puck. It was, it was just like a pickup game. Yeah. And I was like, Holy crap. I'm skating in the middle East. Like, yeah, I don't know anyone else that could use that sentence, like string those words across. Right. And the connection, like the people I've, I've met, like, like I've become some of these people have been my best friends now, like my teammates and I'll walk in the locker room and they're just like, why would you even come here? It's like, I don't know. This is fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this is like, I'm just having fun too. And like, it's really cool though. to see little kids. Like they look at you like, Whoa, like you play college in the U S that's so cool. Like I'm, I'm trying to go play in North America. Or I'm trying to go to Europe too. And it is, it is cool. Like seeing these kids, like watching you play and like you're coaching them, like, you have yeah. someone translating for you half time, but it's like, you're kind of teaching the dad how to put on the pads and you're like <laughs> telling him like great game. And like my, my really good friend over there, like Itai, he sent me an update. He's like, Hey, like your, your, your little buddy uh, plays first <laughs> game ever today. And it was, that is like really cool. And it is like a huge rewarding thing to see yeah. doing it. But just like everyone, like, as I said, everyone coming together, it's just like, no matter the faith, it's, it's really cool. And yeah. being in Israel, like my grandma fought in its independence war. So being able to be back there is, is really cool. I'm trying to go down to Southern Israel during like our all-star break. Yeah. <laughs> so I can like try to see where she was from. I got to figure that out from like the family tree. So, yeah, no, you, if, if you get the chance, you got to do that. Cause like, yeah. so when we went to England, we only spent a day and a half in London. The rest of the time we spent in the little village and area where my grandmother came from. It was just so cool, you know, to see that it's still a, 
one stop sign town. Uh, it's still a single room schoolhouse, you know, with the walk by there and be like, that's where my grandma went to school, yeah. you know, and th- that's the house she grew up. Well, we didn't see the house she grew up in because they had to build a dike to keep the town from flooding. So that the house got torn down, but it was like, this is, you know, where she grew up and, and my great grandparents, you know, it's just kind of neat to, to walk those same streets and, yeah. and know the, the family history. Um, so, you, you know, we've been talking a little while. You mentioned you listened to some of the previous episodes. So, you, you know about the 10 uh, not-so-rapid-fire questions at the end. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I try and leave time because they, they tend to um, take up quite a bit of time. <laughs> no, you're all right. Honestly, I could, like, Israel, like, hockey is a big passion of mine, and Israel's a big passion Same. of mine. I could, talk, I could talk for, like, an hour about it. So, you need- yeah. I'm all good. You know, and I, I would probably keep talking if my kids didn't have so many activities tonight. It's it's crazy. It's one of these nights where, because uh, I'm in Minnesota and like I said, we're in third winter and today it's not snowing and it's a little warm. So the baseball coach is like, we're going to get a practice in today. I was like, okay. And my kids are both on the fishing team. So they have that afterwards. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Um but uh, so the first question, what's the craziest moment from your playing days? Craziest coaching moment. Sorry. Craziest coaching moment. Oh, boy. yes. Um, it was during juniors. I'm not going to say what team it was. And <laughs> I was at I was living in a billet house with six other people. And they char- tried to charge us for the laundry. Like they put like the laundromat like style washing machine in the house. You had to put two loonies in. <laughs> and I was able to figure out how to get the coins out of the machine and recycle them. <laughs> and when they figured out that I did that, they suspended me for it. But I couldn't finish my suspension because the team I was on couldn't get someone to get called up. So they had me sit on the bench and the other goalie got hurt. And I had to go into a game that I showed up 15 minutes beforehand because I knew I wasn't playing. <laughs> and I had, yeah, I actually had a really good game in two. I think I played 42 minutes. I made 46 saves. You know, it's funny on how we have this preconceived notion that we have to go through our routine to play well, but you those don't. games <laughs> that we're just thrown into last second that we totally don't expect are usually the best games we play. Yeah. You know, no, I don't, we're I don't like Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, cause we're not in our head. We're not, you know, psyching ourselves out. Yeah. I mean, I don't recommend showing up to a game like 15 minutes before no. and not warming up. Like I didn't even have my contacts on to like three months before the game. <laughs> like I, I, I did not, because I, I would literally sat at the goal, like center ice the whole time. Cause I was, I got suspended over something really bad. I feel like, and I wanted to go home because I'm, I was pretty close to where my hometown was and they yeah. wouldn't even leave. So I was like really bitter about that. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, when I got in, I was like kind of nervous. Like, shoot, like, I hope I don't just suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's funny. Um, so what is your favorite all-time goalie mask? Ryan Miller's Buffalo Sabres mask. I'm a huge Ryan Miller fan. Usually his jersey's hanging up over there, but that's yeah. like, it's actually right there. <laughs> so yeah, Ryan Miller, it doesn't matter if it's the black one or the yellow one. I just like both. Yeah, because it's the same design. And I, mm-hmm. I thought that was a really nicely done mask. And I, I liked that he stuck with it, even when the colors change. Yeah. It, it was uh, it was well done. I liked it. Um, I have a really funny story about that, actually. So when we went to Silver Six in Detroit, we took a tour of like the Warwick shop and mm-hmm. we saw like the mask, the picture of it. 
we saw like in the middle, there was a letter from Ryan that said like, thank you for everything. And he signed it and around it was the blueprints of the, of the mask and its design. And we had the crazy idea to call the number and he picked up. Oh, funny. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm biggest fan. I hung up. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, now, now he's retired. I want to try and get him on the podcast, but I, I haven't, uh, haven't found any connections he and I have. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. He has Twitter. Just send him a DM. I feel like he might answer. You know, I have tried that. And it's funny, you know, some guys, you send DM, you hear nothing. But that's how I got Kelly Rudy on, you know, one of the early episodes. Sent him a DM and he responds back. He's like, follow up after the playoffs. So now I'm down for it. And Wow. That's cool. You know, he was awesome uh, to, to talk to, especially because I grew up watching him. Uh, so that, that was really fun. And there, there were parts of my game I, I – modeled after him primarily the blue bandana that I had to hang out the back of the helmet. <laughs> That's cool. Um, what's your favorite rink that you've played at? I was thinking about that one. That's a tough one. Cause moving around so much is mm-hmm. like, I gotta say the El Segundo center in Los Angeles is a real, it was one of my favorites. Cause that's where I started playing goalie. Okay. And, that was a good, it was really nice too. It's, it's where the Los Angeles Kings practice. Okay. So anytime you see a clip of Justin Bieber playing, it's usually there too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say that's one of my favorites. So they'll let anybody on the ice there. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, I like that rink a lot. I also really like the, I forgot the name of it. It's in Fort Erie, Ontario. It's where the Fort Erie uh, Meteors play, Junior B rink. I think that's a really cool rink. I remember skating there a few times when I was playing in the Goge. And when I – my grandma's house in Fort Erie, so I would skate there when I was younger too. And I remember skating there a lot, and that was one of my favorite rinks. And one more, I guess I'll say either the One Ice Arena in Israel or the Metula – or the Canada Center up in Metula, Israel. Those two rinks are really cool to me. Awesome. You know, it's funny because almost every single time I ask that question, the answer is – not an obvious rink. It's usually got some kind of yeah. sentimental value to it. You know, like, like you said, it's, it's where you first started playing goalie. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that's been true for pretty much everybody I've talked to. Um, so what's your favorite stick that you've ever used? Um, actually, this is kind of an easy one. I had to think about it for a minute though, but <laughs> I would say the 2S Pro, the Bauer one, Mm-hmm. And I would have to say like the OG like vapor stick that was like out in like 2011. Yeah. Like the Bauer Vapor 30. I had it. I had, I had it when I played in Dallas. I had a white and green stick with like the white Simmons pads with a green hack of a helmet. I had the cleanest style and the stick topped it off perfect. And it was like a composite stick that wouldn't break. And same thing with the 2S Pro, the 2S wouldn't break. I, I've used it for like a year and it won't break. Yeah. I I've heard a lot of good stuff about the Bauer composite sticks. Yeah, they don't they're expensive but they don't break. Yeah. So I have oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say I haven't gone composite yet, but I'm always eyeing those Bauers. I the only thing, I mean, they're expensive but it's like I I I used to use foam the foam core sticks a lot. Yep. And I would break like 7 or 8 sticks in a season, but then I switch over to the Bauers and they're more expensive, but you don't break as many. So it's kind of like you're saving money, but I wouldn't probably have gotten them if the school didn't help me out because I probably wouldn't be able to afford the upfront cost. <laughs> I, I I get that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I get that. You know, I, I'm sure the deal wasn't as good for you in school as it was for me. We Now we're still using wood sticks. I mean, players, you know, one piece composites were just coming out at the time, but we were getting three sticks for 20 bucks when I was in school. 
uh, that I, I, I loved that. Uh, unfortunately I don't get that anymore. Can't even get uh, headbands for three for 20. No, no. <laughs> and it was funny because I was using Christian sticks and mo- pretty much all the other goalies were using, um, CCMs my senior year. And so when I went to get three more right at the end of the season, so I had a couple, you know, as I left school, uh, our equipment guys like you're the only one using them and there's six left in the cabinet just take them all so it's like hey, awesome. six, six sticks for 20 bucks that's nice that's, <laughs> yeah that's, that's clutch yeah it, it was uh i was like god i wish i could get that deal again um so what's your favorite youth hockey memory uh my favorite youth hockey memory i would say um there was like how old? How old is like when you classify youth? Like under fourteen? Anytime. Um, you're you're played, still young. <laughs> yeah, I played a high school hockey game my second year ever playing goalie in LA when I was ten, and we tied seven seven. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> it was JV. If that yeah. tells you anything about high school hockey in California, my coach in Scorch was the ref. And he was, he like kept pushing me to like have me play up in house too at the same time against like the Pee Wee Bantam group. Yeah. And he was like, Hey, like, do you want to play a high school hockey game? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> and they had me play that. And then I would say playing, there was a summer tournament called the Beantown Classic. And I think every, there was like eight teams and every team was coached by an NHL scout. There were 14 of them there total. And it's like all these schools and junior teams were there. And I played really well. And, uh definitely turned some heads and I got to play against guys like Teach Thompson and mm-hmm. yeah, that was a really fun experience and I got to fill out NHL uh central scouting questionnaire and talk to college scouts and I talked to the guy at the Bruins and he was super nice to me and they just, they just made me feel like I was good for once so <laughs> yeah no it, it's, it's always a good feeling you know yeah. when you feel like you belong yeah uh so what's the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off the ice, directed at you, not directed at you? Um, when Drew Doughty chirped that guy, I forgot who he chirped on the docks. He's like, you're still in the minors. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. Um, I gotta think about it. The someone in Israel told me to go back to America, but he was from Boston. So that was, that was, that was, kind of funny. That, that was funny, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, hilarious. I guess like, yeah, that, that was, that was pretty funny. I guess, I guess that one day when he said, go back to America and then he, so that was around the whistle. And then the next play, he got a minus cause he turned the puck over the blue. So we were, the whole bench was screaming at him. Like, how do you like that nine? Or was it 19? I don't know. Like, how do you like that buddy? And we were just chanting, like, we were just screaming at this kid. Even the other team went up to us and they, they, they loved it. So yeah, that, that was funny. funny. Yeah, it was funny. Um, so you're in college. So I'll, I'll ask the question anyway. What's the worst post-game beer you've had? I would say, I mean, I'm 24. So I definitely, I've only legally consumed alcohol, obviously. But um, <laughs> I have... When I was back home in Vermont, I was playing a pickup game as a forward, and they gave me like an IPA. Yeah, and it just didn't didn't go down right. I don't know. Yeah, uh, they're not good right after a game. They're too no. too hoppy. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I forgot what it was. It was some local like it didn't taste that good, and 
I kind of just chucked it. I, I I pulled that. I just oh, I gotta drive. And then, yep. Yeah, I dumped it. That, that was it. Was not good. I think it it was a weird flavor too. It had something to do with like orange or something. It was bad. Yeah, hang on a second. My daughter's supposed to be going somewhere. I gotta. Oh, you're good. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. One of those fun nights with the uh, kids going to multiple places, and you're fine. I appreciate you squeezing me in. So yeah, no, it, like you said, I had this scheduled beforehand, and we had a last minute baseball practice scheduled today. And then uh, my kids are both on the fishing team, and my daughter's on the like student advisory board for it. So they have a board meeting beforehand, so they got to meet earlier. So I'm like, oh lord, found that out yesterday. <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, so one of the other parents whose kid's going, it's like, can you swing by and pick pick my daughter up? They're like, absolutely. So, yeah, it, it's one of those where we're all helping each other out today. So the next question, when you tape your stick, do you go heel to toe or toe to heel? Heel to toe. Heel okay. to toe. Yeah. I'm dude. normal. I'm a normal goalie. Yeah. <laughs> well, is there such thing as a normal goalie? But <laughs> uh, Maybe full rights aren't the normal ones. but Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we we talk about normal goalies. My uh, coach, freshman, sophomore year of high school, he was going to school to get his doctorate in psychology, and he lived right by us. So this was, you know, back in the day when coaches could pick you up and take you to um, practices and people not think twice about it. So he yeah. he brought me to most practices, and he joked that uh, he, he considered writing his senior thesis on me <laughs> and everything that was wrong with me. I was like, ooh, that hurts. Bad parent, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, at one of the uh, postseason banquets, he goes, you know, one of my worst nightmares is to be trapped in a room with just Joe because he won't <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I was like, wow. Really? Yeah. I mean, we're still friends to this day. And it's crazy because right. his kids are now older than I was when he coached me, but uh, they, they were in town a couple of years ago and we met up and, you know, they're, he's telling all these stories about me and how goofy I was. And it's like, Hey guys, did your dad ever tell you about the time he got thrown out of a hockey game? And he's like, don't you dare. And his kids are like, no, tell us more. And you know, then they start going into dad, you, you weren't using your, you know, conflict resolution techniques, were you? And you, you weren't all these, you know, different things you would think a psychologist would be doing. And he's like, don't you dare. And his wife's just sitting there and she was, you know, they were dating at the time and she's like, Oh no, go ahead and tell him. Cause she was at that game too. And it was just so funny. And they're like, you didn't dad. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I did. I was like, you're going to tell funny. these stories about me. I'm going to, I'm going to turn the yeah. tables on you. <laughs> you got to, you got to even it out. You can't, you can't, you can't be one-sided. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty funny. Uh, he, he, he was having some weird feelings at night because we're sitting there having beers together illegally. He's like, this is just wrong drinking with you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I get it. 
you know, but I, I was already in my thirties at that point. So it's not like it was, you know, but yeah, I, I get it. So the last question, what advice do you have for young goaltenders? Um, Advice I have for young goaltenders, honestly, just like have fun, take advantage of your opportunity. You never know when it can stop. So yeah. don't take it too serious. I mean, like you want to play as high level as possible, take advantage of every training session opportunity you get. Like, if you kind of half-ass it, that's where you're going to get out of it. So if you want to go somewhere, don't half-ass it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What, what's the uh, – I think it was um, Ron Swanson, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know, to, to your point of, you know, take advantage of everything, I mean, that's exactly what you're doing. You're taking advantage of an opportunity to go play hockey in Israel. Yeah. Um, you know, th- that's awesome. And I, I wish that was an opportunity when – I was your age because I probably would have jumped at it. And my wife would have been like, I thought you were starting your job after school. I'd be like, Hey, they can wait a few more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's been really fun talking to you, getting to, you know, know a little more about, you know, hockey in Israel. And it's going to be really fun to watch that grow and see how it matures yeah. because, you know, it's, uh, I don't want to say it's a hotbed quite yet, but you're starting to see other areas around Israel try and, get hockey you know there's the group in egypt trying to get things going i think there i saw that there's hockey in dubai now and it's you know it's an area that you know i, I don't think you're ever going to see it um huge like you do in you know like canada uh, yeah. sweden you know or you know th- that you know the norwegian countries but uh you know if, if it's a small little niche thing where people are loving it and growing it that that's awesome yeah it's growing really well actually the Hockey team for is a club called HC Bot Yam. They are the first ever, I'll use the term pro, because that's what they said, pro yeah. team. They're the first ever pro team to travel to the UAE and play a UAE team. D- don't let Trav uh, Ford know that there's pro hockey in Israel. Otherwise, he'll probably be <laughs> leaving yeah, Sweden I mean... for Israel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, if you want to, that's a perfect time to plug it in. If you want to learn more about Israel hockey, check it out on my YouTube. <laughs> But um, yeah, we're gonna be broadcasting broadcasting games on YouTube. I'm gonna be um, doing more behind the scenes and game day type things with, you know, the games on there and just firsthand experience. I'm not really trying to be a trap for Oilers 2.0, <laughs> but Shave for Sabers has a good ring to it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, I, I just really hope to keep playing as long as I can, and I know I'm, I'll be able to get a job working remotely, either full time or part time. So. After Israel, I can hopefully play in the SP or the Fed. And as long as I can keep playing and having fun, I'm going to keep doing it. So, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I don't like using the term chase on the dream, but you know, if your lifestyle is conducive to, you know, bouncing around some of these places, you know, if you, if you love the game, why not? Exactly. You I know, really, all my friends are like, uh, they, they're jealous because I'll ask them how's work and they're like, it sucks. They're like, just don't get it ever. Don't ever get a job. And that's not like me saying that's one friend saying that's like three, three guys I know that already graduated. They're like, yeah, like they're jealous. Like, yeah, I wouldn't get a job. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I get it. You gotta get a job eventually. Yeah. I'm yeah. Not, well, not it, <laughs> it sounds like you're going into marketing and that's what I do too. And the opportunity to work remotely is so huge in that field yeah. where it's just like, you know, absolutely. It, it's doable. You know, I work remotely. That's why I like to record like at four o'clock is my, my company's out on the East coast. I'm in, you know, 
the Midwest. So it's like at four o'clock, I'm done. And I, I try and get, get my recordings out of the way early yeah. so that when the kids do have activities, it, it's not an issue. Um, you know, and I, I think co- if COVID's taught the workforce anything, it's that, um, you know, we can work remotely and still have that, you know, office culture. Uh, in fact, I've been at my job a year and a half and very few people on our marketing team, it's a big team, have met each other in person. Uh, and our our VP wants to get us all in person just so that we can meet in person. And the biggest question everybody has is, how tall are you? Because <laughs> that's the, the like the one thing. And it's like, yeah. we're taking bets of like how tall we think certain people are. And it's like that's the one right. person we thought was, you know, taller. And she's like, I'm like five foot two. And we're like, no, no, you're not. And she's like, yep, I'm five foot two. <laughs> that, that's see, like, that's something you you wouldn't think about like three years ago. You would never yeah. be like, oh, damn. Yeah. No, that's, that's, see, it just blows my mind like that that's like normal now. And it's, what's cool with like my, with marketing at Kent is that the business school makes you take so many other classes. So I have a, a, a good understanding of like our studio and Excel. So I can do like data entry as well. So like mm-hmm. doing even just, if I don't have to talk to people and type into a computer for same, for same amount of money, but if it works better, I'll do it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking for like any remote work as long as I can keep playing and then yeah, well, you talk about remote work. We have a, a new agency coming back on board with us, and the uh, the founder of the company she terms herself a digital nomad. They just travel the world. They'll they'll get an Airbnb for like three months in a country and explore it, and then they'll go to another country, you know, for That's another couple of months. And last I talked to her, they were just settling down in Spain. Uh, you know, and you know, her colleague was down in Costa Rica and they just, they get air, you know, long-term Airbnbs and just explore these different areas. And when they think they've seen everything they want to, they, they find their next, next place. And she's like, technically my passport is from the U S but we don't have a mailing address. We don't have, you know, anything like that. It's just up and at, you know, wherever they go. So her, her whole company is just remote. And she's like, I don't care where you live. These are just kind of our somewhat standard business hours. That, that, that's insane. Cause like, I'm, I'm just thinking about like traveling that much. And it's like, yeah, yeah, like you don't own a lot of things. I think it's really cool. Like that minimalist lifestyle. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess that's kind of, I'm not, I'm not really doing that per se, but I guess like playing minor league hockey is like, traveling around a lot i do want like a physical place in ohio yeah <laughs> so I'm, I'm saving up money to get like uh like a like a, like a fourplex or a duplex so i can get my rent paid when i'm gone yeah so like i'm trying to save up money for that <laughs> yeah it, it's hard to live a nomad lifestyle with goalie equipment <laughs> <laughs> that is true you know I, I every time i watch one of those tiny house shows i'm like where where would my equipment go i always think where they go to the bathroom they never well, show the bathrooms. Well, they they do, but they're just they're smaller than a cruise ship bathroom. Yeah, you know, it's, like shower though. Like I never like I never like I've I've seen maybe like two videos and they didn't show the bathroom or the shower. Like I don't know, maybe I just didn't watch the whole video. I guess. But. Yeah, they're they're it it's it's not spacious. We'll put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it, yeah, it's it's a small small little deal. Well, Shay, I thank you for your time. It's been fun talking to you. I'm sure we're going to keep in touch. You know, as I yeah, tell everybody, if, if you're in the Minnesota area, 
give me a call. We'll, we'll grab a beer together and keep talking Absolutely. hockey. Um, and if I'm in the Ohio area, which does happen because I have family in Columbus, I'll, cool. uh, I'll let you know and we'll, we'll yeah. grab beers there if, if you're not in Israel. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. And thanks for uh, having me on. I know like, you can have anyone you want on. Like, so I yeah. uh, appreciate you picking me and reaching out to me and I can help promote hockey in Israel and my journey. It's, it means a lot. So it's yeah. really ramble for an hour. <laughs> my whole idea of the podcast is to have goalies of all ages and skill levels. As long as you got a good story, like that, that's the thing. We all have our story, yeah. you know, and to me, the, the only common denominator of everybody is we're all goalies. Um, and my wife was like, well, don't you have people who aren't goalies on the show? Like you could expand. I was like, I have had, you know, one person on who wasn't a goalie, but there's enough goalies. Why not? You know, it's like, yeah. I, I try keep keeping, you know, some bigger names or, you know, people other folks might recognize just because it helps, but when, when I'm having troubles filling in, that, that's when I go back to the, the old reliable beer league ranks. And, you know, there there's plenty of those goalies that I, I know that I can reach out to. And they're like, yeah, I'll talk to you. <laughs> well, if you ever want to learn, if anyone ever wants to learn more about Israel, I feel like uh, contacting like anyone over there would be amazing. And if you ever want to like learn more too, feel free to reach out. Like I'm always willing to talk Israel hockey. Like that coach reached out to me and I sent him something like this long. <laughs> about i typed the whole thing up it was just you know, I, I think it's super cool and, and everybody has their own story and uh i think i have a pretty unique story so i always absolutely it. Oh, and yeah. where can folks follow you in your journey yeah you can follow me on instagram all of my usernames are exactly the same s span your 30 so you can follow me on instagram twitter tiktok and then my youtube is just shay spanier i'm still getting my channel up uh i think i have about four videos up right now I got a video dropping tomorrow, so I don't know when this recording comes yeah, out. But... It'll probably be out by then, yeah. All right, so yeah, I will have a video drop at 9.30. So if anyone wants to see my preparations and meet Nathaniel Schwartz, the guy come with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and see my schedule, how I bounce with work, working 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. So <laughs> Now, you mentioned the number at the end of your uh, usernames and it remind me I, I skipped a question what's your favorite number to wear and why I'm pretty sure I know the answer but I'll let you answer it yeah it's number 30 because of Ryan Miller but <laughs> there's actually a little thing to it so my dad playing basketball is always zero double zero and my mom was a really good athlete as well and she played uh softball she played she played soccer she swam she she did a bunch of but in basketball I think too she was number three and everything, everything had a three. So it's kind of like that three. And yeah, zero. It, it works. I, I like yeah. that. So, but this summer I decided to wear number 98 over in Israel. Why 98? Um, I wanted something with like a zero and a three, like put together. But I didn't want to be number 30 because Euro goalies always have weird numbers. And yeah. Israel's close-ish to Europe. So I thought I would change it up. Yeah. So nine is three times bigger than three. And that's two threes right there. And yeah. an eight is basically too many zeros stacked on top. Of well, there you go. So, there yeah, you go. I, I put up like six numbers that had like that same type of logic. And I put on my, um, I put it on my Snapchat story. And I said, yo, which number should I wear? And I got like the second most votes. So I picked it. So I, I have a question for you. What's uh, up? You know, you mentioned your dad played basketball mm-hmm. and you're Jewish. And I, I'm asking this question in all seriousness, <laughs> you know, 
Jewish people love the game of basketball. Yes. But if we are honest, they're not very good at playing the game of basketball. No. Like, what is the deal with that? I, I've I never gotten the, that. I think it's because of the Knicks. The, the, that the would New make York sense. Knicks. Yeah, the New York Knicks. Like, Jews love baseball, too. Yeah. And because it's like the Mets and the Yankees are there. And there's a huge Jewish population in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So that's why. But Israel, the Israeli basketball league is actually like really good too. Um, okay. Amari Stoudemire playing it. E. Robinson playing it. Amari Stoudemire, when he came to Israel, loved it so much. He converted to Judaism and made Aliyah and is now an Orthodox Jew. Really? I that is not 100% know that. Of, that is 100% a fact. When he left the Knicks, he went to Israel. You can look it up. There's pictures of him all decked down in orthodox gear he lives in the u.s now but he is an orthodox jew and uh have you heard of yeshiva university yes okay so i actually have so there's a uh a rabbi on tiktok that i follow because he explains to the jewish faith and he was at one of the the basketball games yeah yeah so yeshiva's basketball team has won 50 something straight games and their leading point scorer led all divisions in basketball and scoring and he just declared for the nba draft oh very cool he yeah his name's ryan terrell that is one basketball jersey i will buy wherever he plays because he <laughs> he's like the six foot six they like like a lot of people think he can get drafted in like the late second round they don't know how realistic it is but he said he's willing to play on shabbat so that's like a big okay like and he's he had a lot of division one interest and he decided to go to yeshiva to help the same like kind of not not the same thing i'm doing but like to yeah. show that you can still be th- faithful to your religion and yeah. ask. so he he just won't drive to the games he'll walk he said yeah so well i mean look at sandy koufax who wouldn't pitch on sundays yeah. you know um and it's funny on how many people just don't understand it it's like well understand his faith and you'll you'll get it um, this is what he wants to do it's his life it's his personal choice i don't judge anyone for that and yeah. no one yeah has judged me for anything yeah because i remember not- i came i came late to a game my freshman year because there was that shooting in at the Pittsburgh uh, uh, synagogue, and I came late because I went to go pray before the game. I was mm-hmm. scratched anyway, so I didn't care. But yeah. <laughs> I uh, I came like I think late, and nobody like they're like, "Yeah, do what you want to do. It's fine." That's you know, it's always funny in high school. We always wound up playing public school teams on Ash Wednesday. So here's all of these Catholic kids showing up to the rink with our ashes on our forehead, and they're like, "Why are you guys all dirty?" They're <laughs> like. Cause we had to go to mass at school and they're yeah. like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it, it's always interesting. Um, so again, thank you for your time. It's been fun talking to you. We're definitely going to yeah. keep in touch. Uh, sure. So yeah, thank you. I'm excited to follow Shay's journey playing hockey in Israel and hopefully beyond before seeing his posts on the GGSU Facebook group. I had no idea about Hockey in Israel, the Israeli Elite Hockey League, or even similar leagues around the world. Be sure to follow Shea and his journey by searching for S Spanier 30 on most platforms, including YouTube. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some wash up goalie or tendy talk apparel be sure to visit my threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website if you like this podcast go listen to the blpa big show 
It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many lists here, but shows like the Press Zone Philadelphia Podcast, the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, and the San Jose Hockey Now Podcast can all be found. I need to thank the band Zamboni for allowing me to use their music on all my episodes. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to. And this time of year, when we transition between the season and camps, is always the hardest to line up future guests. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you are a brand that wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. So, until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck. Good news.